0: Will crash. There was, however, an underlying weakness in the economy, and so the crash is seen as the beginning of the Great Depression era, not its cause. A record 16.4 million shares were traded on Black Tuesday, and the market lost about 12%. Events in the months leading up to that Tuesday, including buying on margin and other practices, had given some people reason to believe the market's upward spiral was about to reverse itself. But even highly respected economists, businessmen, and bankers were caught up in the frenzy of speculating in stocks and ignored some subtle clues. Even the most educated investors lost fortunes. It is generally accepted that October 29, 1929, was the last day of the carefree roaring 20s in the beginning of the Great Depression. While the crash affected rich and poor investors alike, most of the people who lost money were urban dwellers. There were, however, ripple effects of this sharp economic downturn, which quickly extended into rural areas and worsened an already dangerous situation there. There had been an ongoing agricultural depression during the 1920s, which intensified as farm prices dropped due to overemployment within the industry. After the Great Depression began, the shortage of work and cash spread from the farmlands to the cities and back again in the aftermath of the crash. By 1933, the year Franklin D. Roosevelt was sworn in as president, the average American salary had fallen about 40 percent to about $1,500 a year, and the unemployment rate stood at 25 percent, or about 13 million people. Those who lost their jobs were often those who could least afford to, those already at the bottom of the economic ladder. A laborer in New York City, for example, with a wife and several children at home to support would have had little or no savings. When production slowed and he lost his job, there was nothing to fall back on. And if he had borrowed money to invest in the stock market, hoping to strike it rich, he would have to sell any personal items he could to pay back those loans. Thousands of families found themselves in this situation and were evicted from their homes and forced to rely on the kindnesses of relatives or set up housekeeping on the streets." Hundreds of shanty towns sprang up throughout the country, populated by the newly homeless. Mockingly named Hoovervilles after President Herbert Hoover, who was thought to be indifferent to the suffering and unwilling or unable to help alleviate it, these temporary housing developments were breeding grounds for despair. The social changes experienced during the Great Depression were far reaching and long lasting one of the enormous impacts was on family structure and roles. The traditional view that the man was the income provider often changed because he could not always find work. But his wife and children might find small jobs to bring home enough money for the family to scrape by. This role reversal put a strain on families, leaving them confused and frustrated. Families were often split and, Children were often sent to live with relatives while their parents survived the best they could. Sometimes men could simply not handle the hurt and anxiety and left altogether to join other men riding the country's railway system in search of a better life. And men were not the only ones who took to the road. Boys, and sometimes girls, joined them out of necessity. Sometimes a family simply could not feed all of its children— and sent the oldest one out to fend for himself. Life on the road was tough, but these hobos survived by living together, forming what passed as families for them during their time away from home. During the early 1930s, a severe drought affected the Plains states, which forced many farmers and their families to migrate en masse toward the cities. Areas of Oklahoma, Colorado, Kansas, and Texas experienced such prolonged drought that the area became known as the Dust Bowl, and its inhabitants headed westward in droves. Chronicled in John Steinbeck's classic novel, The Grapes of Wrath, these families often ended up as migrant workers in California's fruit orchards and vegetable fields. The Okies were not the only ones to migrate.